Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon i hope you're well my guest is an actor writer director and improviser who's been in a lot of great things like the good place you're the worst flaked wrecked and crashing and most recently no activity and one of the absolute best movies of 2021 werewolves within please welcome george basil hey Thanks, man. Hey. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for having me, and I'm so glad you liked Werewolves, man. Oh yeah, I got I got a question or two about that. It's oh, yeah. it's such a good movie. I'm endlessly impressed by the the two times I've watched it. So good. Man. Yeah, dude. What a thanks. movie. It was definitely one of the best experiences. It had the um, it had the quality that I really am getting into the most about working in this field uh, as an actor or you know creative in production and stuff. It's which is. Josh Rubin, the director, assembled a cast of people that were all lovely. And that's got to be so hard to do. But, you know, when you find yourself on location in a remote place, it's more important than anything that uh, everybody, you know, has has a can maintain the same base level of like respect and stuff. But this was beyond that. Like Sam Richardson and Milana Ventura have been, uh, all of them, Harvey Guillen. It's an, it's a stacked cast. Of, Definitely dude. Yeah. Of like both like character actors, but like people that are all actors that are like, so like they're, they're lived in actors, you know, like there is yeah. this innate depth and it feels like it's to what you're saying about like getting along with them and how important that is too, that maybe it's, it speaks to they all have like emotional depth to them yeah. as human beings that it goes a long way to like, you know, you can, that stuff is palpable on screen or the, you know, wherever when you're a viewer, especially when it's a smaller, tighter knit group of people, probably quite possibly snowed in on top of that too when you're filming. Yeah. And, but that, you know, that when people love a thing they're doing there, it adds another layer to something you're watching as opposed to like, you know, it's almost like there's less acting involved in the acting. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. There's a natural uh, ability because you're comfortable and, you know, it's, I could name every single person on that cast and be like, that's my new friend. That's my new friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's my new friend. Uh, and yeah, you're right. It, it's also a trusting thing where, uh, cause a lot of those scenes in the movie you'll remember are just the entire ensemble are, are in it, you know, we're all at the house at the same time. And those and they're all, everybody's like, doing things too. Like yeah. it's there, it's, it's kind of, I, I like in that movie, sorry to interrupt you. I'll be very brief, but yeah. that it's like a, a Swiss timepiece of a movie because there mm-hmm. are, it's so intricate, like so intricately put together. And there are things happening on several levels at all times, you know, yeah. like people in the background, foreground doing something like you can watch it several times and miss a lot because so much it's so impressive it's a very tonally a very complicated impressive movie yeah thanks man and i'm 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 in total agreement it was uh everybody really stayed active and in it the whole time and again that's that just goes to speak to how rad those actors were because you know it's hard you're you're away from your family you're all this stuff and you're gone for two and a half months or however long it is and you, then you find yourself on a packed little set and it's hot or it's cold or it's this or it's that. And it's really easy to just kind of not want to do it in the background because it's not, yeah. you know, you're not right in front of the camera or whatever, but no one did. The commitment was just unreal. And yeah, I'm I'm fans of those people for the rest of my life, for sure. Is that also part of it too, when you're with people, like you said, that you like, you know, and that you trust, do you think that also like elevates the performance in terms of it makes you more comfortable to kind of go there where you might not necessarily, you know, quite to the degree by which even if it's 1% more Definitely. than you might would, because you just trust the scene partner. Positively. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. You're gonna, I'm going to try to make Cheyenne laugh. It's hard. Yeah. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to get there. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make him laugh or, you know, how do you make Michaela Watkins laugh? It's she's like the ma- she's a master of comedy and acting, yeah. and so it's like you get better. I, I, this must be what when you hear athletes saying like you know this guy or girl came into our our group or our team and raised the bar and play playability of of the rest of the team. This yeah. is the the greatest sense of that that I you know 
could uh, point to because that's that's definitely how it felt. You know, it wasn't a thing where you're chasing laughs because you're like, ooh, competitively, I don't want to not be as funny as as Chernus or you know anybody else. It yeah. was much the opposite of that, where it's just like we were all really stoked to laugh with one another and at one another, and yeah. That's well. That's a complete win. Just Definitely. the uh, the idea of like <laughs> it's like it's encouraging competitiveness, not a Michael Jordan psychopathic yeah. daring you <laughs> yeah. to challenge him type thing. It's like uh, mm-hmm. it's like you know, oh fuck you, fuck me type thing. No, it's <laughs> oh that's awesome. What a great like yeah. great job. And then you fluctuate from there or wh- whatever the case may Definitely. be. Definitely. I imagine there too that like not that you've been on one, but do you get a sense of the set the vibe of of a movie or project or whatever pretty early on you know to your point about like get an idea of how the production's going to go pretty early on yeah i think i'll it's like kind of two answers you get a vibe and you read it of the cast who the people that you're going to be working with you read that pretty early on but then again everyone is away from home. So you yeah. I, you have to give a lot of, um, or I try to give a lot of leeway in terms of like, all right, we're going to need a couple weeks to settle the fuck down. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we sh- I've shot in Puerto Rico with a great group. And that was like, uh, for the first week, everybody's just like, holy God, we're in Puerto Rico. Let's go here. Let's go there. None of us had been. So it was so much fun exploring. And um, that group did the same thing in Fiji. And it was just as just as awesome and then you settle into it and then you're like cool now i understand and now this is how it's going to work and that's great for the production it's a little different because we don't see the production side every day even though that thing's working while we're asleep you know everybody's going hard the whole time and so you do get an earlier sense in my opinion of how the production's going to go um when you first sort of arrive, like you land, they take you to the airport or they take you to the hotel from the hotel. You go to a fitting pretty much in the first like <laughs> hour of that whole fitting situation. You can kind of, cause the inner workings are happening in the background there. And you just, I try to keep my eyes open and see, you know, the level of fun and, you know, is everybody sort of friendly with one another? Cause kind of recalibrating your energy to get in yeah. sense of like what 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 are we working at here exactly yeah like what kind of jokes can i make before <laughs> yeah, i'm yeah. arrested <laughs> um but yeah for sure and it's it's really interesting um because when you're a part of a production that is um having a tough time so a, a project that I went in on, like say halfway through, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and you sort of arrive and you are f- put into the middle of this, you know, in process situation. It's already underway. And so whatever they've had going on, be it positive or negative, you are going to just instantly get your fill of it. You're going to see it everywhere. And so it is really cool when because dude all production stressful i mean it's always a stressful thing to shoot a movie uh, or a film no for joke. everybody yeah, I can but imagine. yeah it's just it's how how are they processing it and how are they uh you know getting the job done without just being you know what's shitty. what they say about like a director right that it's it's just constant problem solving and like yeah. to put it lightly you know and it's like a, a direct somebody put it one at, to me one time which i hadn't thought about it that just a director is at whatever age just a CEO of a company mm-hmm. working on this project with all these, depending on the size of it. So, I mean, and, and kind of that energy, I'm sure it can trickle down of nervousness being stressed out, understandably. So that re- mm-hmm. relaxation, you know, I, I would imagine they really set the tone. So you kind of, to your point, going in the middle of that gets, uh, certainly you oh, really certainly. like, Oh, this is where we're at. Okay. Yeah. Dude, and I don't even know how they do it, man. I honestly don't. I don't. It feels like directors don't sleep because actors are the lucky ones that like get picked up, brought to set, you know, work or wait one of the two, finish, go back to the hotel, you know, get picked up, taken back to your home. Directors are there from the time I arrive, then long after I leave. And like you said, it's just it seems like they're constantly putting out fires as well as making making this, you know, great, great thing happen on camera, hopefully. So 
I don't envy them. <laughs> no, no shit. I mean, just the idea that every day they're facing a thousand things, each one daring them to keep going. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And the fact that they're just the like. The challenge is just yeah, constant. And to be yeah. nonchalant about that, you know, like I heard somebody on a podcast I touched talking about like Formula One drivers just as a mentality. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, they're all maniacs because they have to have the, the thought of I'm going to turn into this corner at 150 miles per hour and yeah. do it repeatedly. Like yeah. You have to have a certain level of just, you know, it's not just ego. It's so much more than that, that mentality. So, I mean, it's just a very specific mindset, I imagine, with a director to be able to do that and let alone, the you know, the miracle of a great film yeah. in light of everything that goes into it. Totally. Yeah. Amazing. And I'm so glad that... uh it's like werewolves came out and was so good because it does reflect the great experience that we had, but you just said it, man, it is a miracle when things work, you know, when, when the actual finished product comes out and an audience sees it and an audience likes it, that's still, it doesn't come down to any one person's performance or even an ensemble's performance collectively. It's, it doesn't come down to the director. It comes down to every last person that worked on that set top to bottom above the line or below like it really does take this this entire effort from from everybody and and then still it doesn't you know work yeah. out sometimes i'd say and then it could still not be up to them you know depending yeah. on all these other exterior forces on top of that i imagine in uh yeah, it just feels like it in a very like could go either way, like death by a thousand cuts. It really could be that it, oh, this works out perfectly. That's why, like you know, honestly, I appreciate any movie, regardless of whether I it works for me or you know who the fuck am I. But you know, like even if it doesn't do it for you, there any movie you can find something good and also know that nobody sets out to make a bad movie. Yeah. Like, like nobody I don't think is that masochistic to <laughs> yeah. to to put all of that work in and all these people working together to purposely make a bad movie. Totally. And I I would it would be so interesting to see that process and then see it all the way through because there's a chance no matter how hard you try, you just made a good movie by accident. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like if if that the, like the producers they're trying to make a, a bomb yeah. on Broadway and then it ends up being exactly, a hit and they're yeah. like, "Oh, for Exactly. Perfect example. Totally. <laughs> like the the idea that there are no stakes to them might make may actually make that work. Totally. Weirdly. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That, I really yeah. wish somebody would do that as some kind of just like sociological experiment. <laughs> yeah. For I say is I have nothing. As all I have to do is consume it. I'm like, I wish somebody <laughs> would put themselves through that pain, so I can enjoy this one movie. Yeah. Good lord. Um, <laughs> yeah. To backtrack a little bit, I do want to ask. Uh, the uh, the opening salvo, as it were, the easy to ask, difficult to answer question. But how are you, and how have you been? Yeah, um, look at how long do we have? About forty-five yeah. more minutes. <laughs> there we uh, go. That's the rest of the show. Yeah, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Um, good. Uh, I I am good currently. Good. I feel good. Uh, I'm in good health, which is huge because you know when you see people that aren't day to day and I haven't been as well like in my life you know I had a shoulder injury and then you have surgery and you try to recover from that and it takes months and years so like stuff like that I try to keep in mind um, to just be grateful that my body gets up and walks and whatever little you know aches and pains they have I can I can totally uh, accept and get through but then if we say that part's good and move on to the brain <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh that's here and there man you know it's like all the stuff that i try to suss out and overcome are there still so a lot of times it doesn't feel like you're making progress with your whatever it is whether it's depression or whether it's anger management or whether you know all of that um, we're all pretty comp- complex weirdos. So, but I do currently feel like I'm doing really well. I feel hopeful. Um, I have a general positivity. Um, I have people around me that I really love and that love me. And I think that that's maybe the 
first time in my life that I've been able to do that. It's not the first time I've ever had that. I've had that. I've been lucky and I've had that a lot, but it's yeah. maybe the first time I've been able to accept it fully and enjoy it. I'm learning how to enjoy That's it. That's huge. That's yeah, huge. for sure. For sure. Because it really doesn't matter what you've got in your hand if you've if you can't see it or, or you keep dropping it, you know, it's still, it's not yeah, yours. It's, it's almost like it's one thing to, to, you know, actually know it, but it's another thing to feel it. Definitely. You know, yeah. and that is such a, it doesn't sound like a big difference, but it could be everything. Yeah. It's a dramatic so. difference. Yeah. I mean, cause that, that, that's uh, in my mind, it's like, that is when you hear about people that would, we would categorize as folks that have it all, you know, like the Johnny yeah. Depp's, for example. He's a very <laughs> timely uh, bring up right now. But you, you're like, holy shit, man! You got a plane, you got billions of bucks, you got all these things, you can do whatever you want, and yet, you know, you you can see or you can hear him sort of describe, or at least hear other people describe the the kind of pain that he's dealing with and yeah. how you know again he's physically fine he's financially perfect he's all these other things but then it's like something's not there if you're just getting wasted all the time or if you're you know unable to to just find any meaning or sort of peace in day-to-day consciousness because you know then what the fuck are you doing? You're just going to keep drinking until you're pickled, which yeah. I've tried. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, you know. I was there for a time. That's why sure. I don't drink anymore because I could not, because I did it for all the wrong reasons. Totally. You yeah. Know? And but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, but to your point though, like it, it's a reminder of a lot of things, but the two that come to mind are one, success has no meaning. Like it, what is it? It truly is what it means to you, yeah. and hopefully through the prism of being able to appreciate that, which means there's a a hopefully like healthy relationship behind that concept right. for each individual person. But also that like as somebody with anxiety and depression, it's something I've been thinking about through this prism lately is just that like neither of those things give a fuck about my personality, nope. what no. I have to offer, no. what I think anything is how I'm doing in a positive momentum type way doesn't give a shit. It is deeply insidious and not discriminatory. And they don't care about time either. They're not looking at a clock the way that we do. They are just, they're happy to sit in you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's an invading, like conquering horde of a thing that will just take you over. And, you know, and the unfortunate thing is like, you can be like the nicest person in the world, like empathetic and everything. And it can completely mute that. And make yeah. you seem, for all anybody would know, like the shittiest person in the world. Because it just doesn't care. And it's so difficult to, there's no controlling it, at least not in for me th- in that experience. It's more about like, try, again, like a, uh, analogy on death by a thousand kinds. They're trying to do all of these little things to hopefully keep the positive momentum. That's definitely all I can do. Yeah, yeah. Like. It is a, it's a process of just holding on to the, to the small positive steps yeah. that you've made and and then I think they are cumulative. Like I do feel I like, do too. yeah, I think that they start, but I mean, I'm in therapy and I've always, I've been in therapy for a while and I've had a few different therapists, but this last one that I've been with for a few years now is just hitting some spots, you know, and yeah. they're the spots that I go in there and I leave and they, maybe there's a week where I think a lot about my emotional state and my issues and maybe it's a week when I go in and I and I haven't thought about it. But regardless of it, I will revisit it every Wednesday at twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and it, it's just sort of seeping in, even if it's for the it's like a long term application. I'm still I I can tell that it's that it's helping me, and at the very least, it's not letting me slip all the way yeah back to feeling bad or you know the insecurities and stuff. But um, then the answer, the second answer or the answer to your second question would be how have I been? And what I'll bring up is that, well, I'll do the health thing first again, because I like the COVID stuff is, you know, pretty bad for a lot of people on the planet. I got it the first time it came around and then 
have since been, you know, all vaxxed and everything and haven't gotten it. My mom currently has it, which is a little bit of a bummer, but she's fine. Is she good? Um, is she yeah, good? she's like, awesome. Mild symptoms or asymptomatic, I guess? Uh, mild symptoms, yeah. Okay, well, that's she's good. Just, yeah, totally. Um, but so getting that out there that health-wise I've been okay too. Uh, the work that I used to feel like I got a bunch is now not here anymore. So it was, uh, there were like a lot of the projects that you mentioned were shows that went for a few seasons and then they Mm -hmm. just naturally don't come back. Right. Uh, and so it's been a while dude, since I haven't had anything coming up (laughs) or, or anything that I'm chewing on currently, you know, like it was, it's been a big transition into like, okay, when I'm not an actor, what am I? Mm-hmm. And it's hard because I'm a, I'm kind of always an actor. I mean, I've always been a comedic person. Like I like walking around my life and sort of being funny or, or making people laugh whenever I can. Um, so that I'd say over the last couple of years has definitely been the biggest challenge of just uh, the dearth of, of my professional stuff because you know then you look in the mirror and you're like shit i haven't been on tv in a couple years and you're like whoa i look different though i look like maybe i can't be on tv anymore like (laughs) all the gray hairs in my beard mean i'm not allowed on tv anymore (laughs) yeah uh i jokingly sent a email to my manager following up on some self-tape that i submitted for a job uh and i was like hey man did you hear back from this or more interestingly like did did I get canceled and nobody told me that I didn't? <laughs> yeah. like, am uh, I in some article about Louis C.K. somehow? Did they yeah. did they not autocorrect and my name somehow became that as opposed to yeah. somebody else? Like what George What C. is it? You're like in a weird way, like at least that's an answer, right? That's yeah, something exactly. in, a, in a weird, can, sad way, right? This let me move on. Tell me my <laughs> shit is over. Tell me I'm playing out. At least that's so closure, can, as awful yeah. and confusing as it is. Terrible. Yeah. I'm ready yeah. to have a booth at the farmer's market. Just tell me I got to, you know. You're like, do I need to start learning how to make pesto or something? Like, I, <laughs> Yeah, what's I, my I'll thing? do it, but at least I just know to do that as opposed to, you know, is this an exercise of utility or is this a real thing yeah. that I'm doing? I'll learn how to make, you know, artisanal salsa or something. Sure. <laughs> I have a lot of interesting things I can make. But no, I have, it's given me a chance, like lately, the turn for me in back into positivity is like, I can garden more. I can build stuff here. I can be around my family and being around the dogs and like try try to focus on the enjoyment of that rather than like waiting and being like, well, shit, I sent that tape on Monday. Today is today's Friday. It's like fucking okay. This, well, maybe I should reach out and check in or what? Yeah. It's like that anxiety that is fully out of my control. It has nothing to do with me anymore. What they asked of me creatively, I did. And uh, it's hard to feel great when you're sitting in a friend's like office and he's helping you record <laughs> an audition for something yeah. where you're shooting like on the top of a mountain and you're supposed to, you know, kill somebody. It's just all it makes everything seem in my mind at least so much more invented in this like cheap stupid way. Uh, like if it was te- more temporary, I suppose. Or, yeah, or, totally. Or it's just really hard to 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 be an actor in that moment, and it's hard to have fun right then. It, it mm. always feels very much um, like phony and strange, or at least I do. It's not. It's not the problem with the material. It's just that's what it is uh so it's not a new thing i think every actor that you would ask like hey how do you like auditioning (laughs) yeah they'd be like yeah it sucks and then if your next question is how do you like self-tapes they're either going to be like oh i like it a little better because i don't deal with the anxiety of walking into a room of people i don't know or in my situation which i feel like i'm way better standing in front of you because i'm excited i'm I'm definitely nervous, but at least the nerves are something I've learned how to work out on stage. I can make that into a creative content thing and use that energy. But 
again, sitting in my friend's office in his house and, you know, his wife or child or whatever in the other room, there's, there are so many elements where I'm like, I'm trying to be careful uh, and respectful. And then you're asked to like, you know, scream profanity at a camera and (laughs) wave around a gun and you're holding like an Xbox controller and you're just like, what the fuck? fuck am i doing <laughs> like there are added layers of like suspension of disbelief on top of what it is <laughs> yeah yeah to be an actor already you know exactly. uh, i've talked to people i've talked to a lot of actors too and and i more before covid was like just uh the realization of like oh this is just life now when it felt more temporary so to uh-huh. speak you know i would talk to actors about just auditioning and what it was like to the prism of covid and you know self-tapes and everything and you know you it went across the entire spectrum of whether they liked it, what they liked about it, what they didn't mm-hmm. like about it. But one thing, and it kind of sounds like speaking to your point that somebody brought up at one point was that, yes, it would take half your day or something for the round trip of it all to get there, go, you know, go there, traffic and all that. But at the same time, it felt like it felt more like they were doing something, like they were accomplishing the something. It felt yeah. more official. And so it Definitely. was easier to get into that mentality because it's more of a routine. I Absolutely, guess. dude. I just, right before COVID, I went in for something and it was raining, which doesn't happen that often here in LA. And it was, so that's why I probably remember it. But I remember the waiting room was full of buddies of mine, other comedians and actors that I knew from everywhere. And we're all just like sopping wet down to our shoes, just like squishing our way through this office and just having a blast. (laughs) Everybody was laughing about it. Nobody was pissed, which, you know, I'm sure some people were uncomfortable or whatever, but we were still joking and no one loves an audition, but I think that you accept it as like you're saying part of the process and it we when you once you've been doing it for as long as some have um uh it's not an enjoyment but it's an acceptance that leads to um some measure of enjoyment i think because like i said when i'm standing in a room well first of all i'm sitting in a room with a bunch of wet comics and then <laughs> they say hey george you're next and i'm like "Ooh, okay well here's that spike of yeah. energy my guts like fluttering and i'm next guys cool and you kind of feel the the motivation and the support of these other guys even though we're all going in for the same thing it kind of doesn't matter you because you can't go from small talk to daggers you know so it's you get up you walk in and then you're standing in a room and yeah you're you're totally wet but the people that are sitting there and they are all totally dry because <laughs> they're rich already. <laughs> they're like producers and stuff. So they like hoverboarded there or some shit, but uh, it, it's still, they're watching me now. They're ready. And maybe one of the underlying fears of all these self tapes is like, man, did anybody fucking play this thing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Did anyone watch this or did they already know the guy because they know the guy from the guy thing and then they're just, you know, telling us to do this to keep us busy. So there was a there was a more direct relationship with the process maybe when it was still in person. It's, it's more tangible. Like it's quantifiable Definitely. that at the very least you're like you can you can validate I did my best and they saw that and that's yeah. all. It's more, it's kind of, not that it is, but it's like more of an answer, I guess, than this ethereal thing. It's almost like reading a newspaper on a an iPad as opposed to like holding it. There's more tangibility. You can see, taste, and touch it, I, which I guess in that thought you're tasting the newspaper. But, you know, still, yeah. you're, you're looking at the newspaper. But, you know, but it's like something you can quantify and it feels like a process as opposed yeah. to, to your point, like, you know, th- this is this could easily just one click of a button and it could be deleted and nothing happens. Yeah, and you just oh, yeah. don't know. Totally. Yep. And I, I sometimes I have to upload my things to Vimeo or one of them, I think. And so r- randomly, I I looked at something when I was uploading a, a an audition, and one of the videos showed zero plays. Oh no! And I was just like, "Come on, man! That's that's horrible." What? Well, then what have I been doing? Because sometimes I have to pay my friend to like, you know, 
you I, I don't want to go and use his gear and, and take up his time and stuff. So I send him money when it's possible. And uh, so why am I doing all this? And then, of course, I called my manager and I was like, hey, man, uh, is no one seeing it? Because don't I don't want to do it if no one's going to see it. I'd rather do something outside, like dig a hole. <laughs> Uh, or literally anything else. Anything, anything. Just watch water run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, he was like, oh, no, don't worry, dude. We take it off. We rip it from that, and then we assemble it, and then we sub- you know, we submit it that way. And it could be a lie. I don't know. <laughs> Even if like, that's, you know. that, in my brain, part of me, you know the separate is that as you said that, I just felt like relief. Like, oh, thank yeah. you. You know, like, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just the idea of... You know, that's where the insidious part of my brain, if I saw the zero views, would be like, see, I see, knew it. I knew it, exactly. And then it's the worst thing, and then I'm just like spinning out. I'm like, God yeah. damn it. So, I don't know. It, it, You know, the funny thing is that as much as I overthink everything, that is a, a, a pacifying enough answer where I'd be like, there we go. Don't have to think about that and whether they're lying or not. Nope, that's the answer. That's correct. There we go. On to the next that's one. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I accepted it for sure. I yeah, I absolutely would because I even even if I can be my own worst enemy, I still have a self preservation component in my brain where I'm like, I just I need this right now, and yeah. so well, hey, they they just rip it from Vimeo, perfect, yeah, done. Oh gosh, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, did you film Werewolves Within? Was that bef- was that like before all of this, or was that? It During was, it, it was it was immediately like right before. So okay. we flew. Uh, they shot it in upstate New York, and I think I left here just right after the holidays. So it was maybe um, a few days after. Right? Is that right? Or do we go in December and then break for the Christmas break? I can't remember the the beginnings of it, but I know that I went and. I think we probably went at the beginning of January then. Started filming, filmed all of January, filmed all of February. I think, dude, we landed, I landed back in LA like March 7th. Holy shit. That is yeah. truly. I mean, that is, and is we were under the gun upstate. as you could be just about. I mean, we were, sorry, what did you just say? What was that? I said that was just about as under the gun as you could be. No, totally. We started hearing like early rumblings right there our last week right before we wrapped um i actually got sick i had to come back to la and do a couple pilot things and when i returned to new york my sinuses like i just was super sick i had a sore throat mm-hmm. um and i remember it being pretty bad i don't think it was covid but you know i was like laid up uh at on that job for about four or five days when I first got back and it was pretty gnarly. But um, yeah, as soon as we all got home, cause I actually got home March 7th. So maybe Sam and Milana and maybe one or two other cast members had to stay back and shoot some, you know, end stuff that they needed alts for or something they were Mm -hmm. they were still there filming some of their stuff and so i don't think they got back until like after things were starting to to shut down wow um maybe that's where being isolated like that helped kind of worked out must have yeah it must have because yeah like you said we were fully isolated we were a good three hours outside of new york city in the middle of nowhere so um that definitely kept us already kind of quarantined but um yeah it was a trip man we literally landed here and within a week everything was just shutting down and it was like huh and then good uh, i give a lot of credit to ubisoft and vanishing angle uh for their the way that they released werewolves because yeah i i think werewolves was like kind of scheduled to be released that summer, if I'm not mistaken. And so that would have, you know, come out (laughs) at the worst possible time. And then I think they pushed it to like the, the winter. If I, I I believe I heard someone say that at some point, and that still would have sucked because that's when everything was 
just off the charts in New York and everywhere else. And so them releasing it the following summer uh, was just a really sensational timing on their part. And I think that was the best way to get enough people to see it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it talk about like looking out all things considered. It's, there were, you, we had such, so, such a little idea of what anything would be because it really doesn't take long for something to ramp up like this. Yeah. You know, as we found out, uh, maybe five times now, depending on what this current one is <laughs> <How many>? doing, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, because it seems like everybody has it at the moment. Yeah. Uh, knock on everything. But, um, but like, yeah, I mean, to be able to, to luck out like that, especially something where I feel like is is a movie where it's just a matter of getting people's eyes on it and the rest the movie will do the rest because mm -hmm. it is that it it's a really it really is a genuinely it's a very impressive movie yeah uh, i agree man i i just loved it like i mean i am obviously like tethered to the experience and that's <clears throat> my my first impression from it is how how much fun i had being a part of it but then watching it in a theater i went to the alamo draft house here in oh, la nice. Yeah, and I took my daughter and I took my girlfriend and we like sat and it was packed and that, first of all, like I just couldn't be more proud of Josh Rubin. I've known him for so long. I think he's the most talented and the most hilarious person on the planet. He just can't do anything that isn't absolutely hysterical and completely thoughtful and beautiful. And so I at first was just like, hell yeah, man, this is the best and he deserves every every person in this seat uh watching it is you know well deserved but then i and i i don't love watching myself on stuff mm -hmm. I, I i try to avoid it as much as i can but this was one where i was like okay cool we're gonna go we're gonna see we're gonna be stoked and then watching it and hearing an audience in a theater like respond was then just the cherry on top. I was like, wow, okay. And of course, every time they laughed at my stuff, they were wrong. But every time they <laughs> laughed at everything <laughs> Just the added layer though of like, because, you know, to the to just earlier about every movie just being a miracle, being made, let Definitely. alone coming out good. But for something to, to, for you to get the vibe right of like, I think this is going to be good. And then you watch yeah. it and then everybody, both you are into it even though you, obviously you're a part of it, but to be able to to even see it more objectively as, oh, this is just a great movie, but then also the crowd agreeing and everybody else being with it, that has to yeah. be just, that, that's, that's a difficult experience to match, I would imagine. Yeah, no, it really is. Because also, I haven't really been in that many feature films. Uh, so for the stuff that I've worked on, Crashing or Flaked or these great shows with great people in it that I, I loved, um, People are watching that at their house. Yeah. There is no screening of Flaked, you know? <laughs> so uh, I'd never had really gotten to to experience that. And it was totally, it was fulfilling in, in new ways. And uh, yeah, I'm really proud of it, man. I think it's awesome. I, I completely agree. I'm glad, and, I'm glad you like it, yeah. And to your point about like, <laughs> about like not being able to be there in the presence of these people as they're watching it, like on a TV show. Yeah, saying ha 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 on a website <laughs> yeah, as opposed yeah. to hearing laughter, not quite the yeah. same thing. Yeah, exactly. But a little bit different. Yeah, leaving an LOL <laughs> comment yeah. or something. LMAO. Okay, good. You know, it didn't have the quite like serotonin pop as yeah. a laugh does. Totally. Um, yeah, and also to your point about Josh Rubin, his other film, Scare Me, is great yeah. as well. Oh, man. Like, he's yeah. very, very impressive at tone to be able to, to, you know, to the dueling, funny, but also scary and suspenseful. And in the case of Werewolves Within, it's got those aspects, absolutely, but also the whodunit of it all. That, you know, like a, like a very funny, like, well, I guess like the movie Clue, in a way, of like, yeah. who was doing that? Here are all these MacGuffins or red herrings, and here's this. It it's very impressive and and I imagine though for him just projecting here, but that having that little bit of extra time to maybe edit because it helped or didn't hurt because that's sure. a very complicated 
very tautly edited film. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I, I think you're right. And another piece to Josh Rubin is like, I don't think he is even begun, dude. I think that in terms of uh, like the genre of film or, mm. or, or themes that, that he wants to unravel and, and make into cool stuff, I think it's just the beginning. I think horror is honestly just his first foray and then the rest will go wherever he wants it to and it's going to be you know purely josh rubin and i can um, see that yeah yeah for sure i mean yeah we met when he was doing college humor stuff and so if you just take into consideration how much how much like just the volume of content that he's made for college humor and beyond uh there's just he knows it he's done it and he's known it and he's learning it on top of that and it's like just incredibly exciting and i can't wait to see the next thing yeah um, you're waiting for him to just be fully unleashed yeah, I am. yeah yeah that's exactly what it feels like because i'm just i'm like whoa what's going to be the thing that josh is challenged by that he just destroys and like yeah. you know explodes explodes with so I, I know long like he's been on Twitter very vocal about wanting to do a dark man film. Oh yeah. That that's what he wants to do, which is also a, a, an interesting correlation because like Sam Raimi, you know, is known as predominantly a horror guy, but but part of the reason he made um Evil Dead is because he knew that a horror movie would sell. So, yeah. It's both that he is obviously incredibly good at it, but it's also like these are the things people like to consume. It's like comedy for a lot, but all, but more specifically, horror movies get people watch them. People watch. Yeah, them. yeah, totally. I gotta watch Darkman again. Liam Neeson, Francis McDormand. Jeez, it it is just so. It's one of the most Sam Raimi movies, and I yeah. say that <laughs> lovingly. I love Sam Raimi movies. Drag yeah. Me to Hell, I think, is a fantastic movie. Oh yeah, where he is daring you to keep watching. He's like fucking with <laughs> yeah. you. It's the best. It's so good. Quick and the Dead. Sam Raimi. He doesn't. You know. He even for Love of the Game, a movie where you forget that he directed that because it's so yeah. not a Sam Raimi movie. Simple Plan, amazing. So yeah, he's great. Sam Definitely. Raimi. Sam Raimi's good. Is that a revelation? <laughs> <laughs> that guy that we've seen. A lot of people have seen several of his films. Yeah, that guy's really talented. Imagine yeah, that. he's done pretty good. <laughs> uh, the um, oh, this is completely unrelated to what we're talking about. But I was curious. Mm. Are are you? Well, first of all, before I ask the question, are you a vegan or do you do you lightly dabble in veganism? Yeah, I would I would say fully vegan for sure. Um, I was about 19 or 20 when I moved to Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. And, uh, within a year, I think I, I went vegetarian. It was, it wasn't because of ethics or animal rights or anything. It was purely, uh, like a health thing. I wanted to lose weight and, uh, I was exposed for the first time to alternative eating mm -hmm. by, by people down there. Um, I imagine it's very doable in a place like Austin too. Like it's it, yeah, it's it really not, was. It's easy to to acclimate because you don't have to do that much more work to make. There was it always an option, yeah. and I, you know, I didn't, I didn't seek places out with the option. It was just like always there. But it's also a hard place because I, I, I didn't really get to indulge in like the Texas barbecue tradition and stuff. You that's know, tough. yeah, that's tough. Yeah, but, um, but it was still. Uh, a really great place to make that transition and then it just stuck and so yeah it's been 20 some odd years now that uh i've been fully well fully vegan for maybe 10 or 15 or something i don't remember when that happened that must have happened in new york i think when i was when i left austin and, and moved to new york i think uh, I was still just a vegetarian or even pescatarian i did for a while so you know i i like tried a lot of different things and uh i guess you get to the point where it's like i'm not going to eat because of an indulgent idea of, mm. of taste which is a tough one and i totally get why people don't want to make that 
decision. It is limiting. Your taste buds are not going to, you know, uh, party as hard uh, with like uh, hummus and something as they would with like fucking, you know, melted brie and shit. You're like, maybe I'm not enacting my like animal brain uh, like I I was then, maybe more approximating it at times. But I imagine though that at this point, if you were to do that, you would feel fucking terrible. You know, for I once, probably would. I mean, I've eaten, I've eaten dairy, um, accidentally. Like, uh, you know, if I'm yeah. somewhere and I'm eating something that has been described as vegan or uh, whatever, I, I can taste. Like, well, actually, it happens a lot at at Indian restaurants where they're like, "Yeah, that's vegan," but because of the ghee component, and it's just kind of fucking everywhere, and it's on everything. I will get, and this is only from dairy. I will get in the back of my throat um, a very just nasty. I don't even know like how a to mucus-y describe thing? it. Yeah, it's a mucus, but it doesn't collect enough for me to expectorate. I can't get it out. Oh, so that's even worse. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a film, and the film kind of stays in my throat, and it's pretty horrid because um, your body's like intruder alert it knows a foreign yeah. thing relative to what it's used to yeah definitely um but i've eaten meat um i can't remember the last time it's been a hell of a long time but i remember doing it i did it very mindful like i just wanted to and so i did and i i was uh definitely a vegan at the time around the clock and i I don't remember the circumstances that did it, but I'm pretty sure I was probably drunk or something. And <laughs> I, it didn't hurt. Nothing happened. I mean, it was in my gut, and then it came out my butt, and nothing, <laughs> you know. Uh, from gut I mean, to it butt, didn't hurt the me, George Basil I should story, say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should say it didn't hurt me. It definitely still hurt the chicken or whatever it was that, yeah. you know, I I chewed apart. But, but um, I... In a weird way, a, a part of me, would, if I were in that position, would have been almost sad that it didn't affect me because then it's almost like my decision was, biologically, it made the decision for me. It's like, fuck, yeah. now what? Definitely. It's like, <laughs> man, maybe I need it. You're like, I, I know I'm somebody who, in certain instances, need consequences to like make the decision for me because I just don't sometimes have that that willpower necessary. It's like, oh, if I feel the misery, it's like, oh, I can... That's like a sense memory I can summon. But if everything <laughs> yeah. went great, like, shit, now what? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess I'll yeah, just do we it never again. Give ourselves, like, yeah, you don't give yourself the, the credit of, like, power. You're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> I can just handle it. You're like, oh, I guess I'm just a wayward soul right now, not knowing whether I need to eat a rib or not. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of this was leading up to, I saw your photo from a couple of days ago on Instagram yeah. where you were, well, I was like 11.30 at night. I, I saw it. It popped up in my feed. And it made me very hungry because I was like, what is he eating? It all looks very oh. good. Is one oh, of them like an yeah. approximation of like a corn dog? Dude. It was, it was on a stick. What is that? Because it looks amazing. Brandon, this uh, this is our first time there. My family and I went to this place called the Vegan Playground, which is at a brewery in downtown LA called the Boomtown Brewery. Never been there either. Okay. It's funny though. They shot a, a show called Bruise Brothers, a Netflix show. Yeah, that I talked to Mike, Mike Castle. Yeah, yeah, Mike Castle. He's a great, a great friend of mine. I love him dearly. And great guy. That was his show, and it's. It, I visited him on set, and so we drove there, and we get out, and I was like, "Holy shit! This is the brewery where they shot Mike's show," <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of fun. But so they set up. It's a bunch of LA-based vendors, all you know, vegan food items, and. So that first thing that you see me smash into my face is uh, what my daughter wanted. And so she was like, I want that potato. It's called a Korean potato corn dog. Oh, boy. Hey, boy is right. It was <laughs> unreal. I don't know what, uh, I don't know what to say. It just was like slamming. And then we had to get stuff from all of them. So we ended up getting a garlic noodle from like a little noodle place and truck. Oh. It's all like trucks or... Um, so it's like a food you know. truck, food court of sorts? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And I think that they rotate. So we got um, some super nachos from this one place. We got this incredible uh, sushi roll from a vendor called Uno Sushi. And they were 
phenomenal and super nice dudes. And then, um, <clears throat> what else? We got like a berry tea. Oh, and then the finale was, uh, these donuts were these huh. donuts that were just, those were pretty good too. <laughs> That's, I mean, you know, who says, not that anybody has said this, but you can't indulge in the vegan lifestyle. Oh man. Dear I mean, God. I wish, I wish that was the case. Cause yeah. You know, I'd I'd be in way better shape if it was <laughs> if it was hard to indulge. But I'd say you yeah, can be vegetarian was... and just eat fries. So uh, yeah, there are definitely <laughs> ways to to like there. Don't worry, the the <laughs> air of unhealthiness can invade any food lifestyle. Definitely. It does not yeah, matter. I'll, I've been guilty of that. I mean, you can as a vegetarian, you can live off pizza. You can live off. I, I think I remember going to like a drive through and. Uh, being like, yeah, can I, can I get the Whopper without the meat? <laughs> They're like, yeah, man, sure. Uh, we'll just make it taste kind of, you know, they just load it up with a bunch of non-nutritionally fortifying things. Yeah. It's can you just cook just a burger near the bun so I get a yeah. little bit of a, a slight essence. slash, a <laughs> splash of it maybe? Just Yeah, can you just drip a few <laughs> things on it? <laughs> totally. Could you have somebody... Who ate three Big Macs? Just like lightly breathe, breathe. on that. <laughs> but maybe put a napkin between it so I just get a few particles, but nothing too much because you just don't know what's going on. Filtered yeah. breath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, dude, what do you think uh, in your experience too as a vegan? Like that. Not that this is necessarily like the goal of it. That it kind of that the vegan cuisine. Um, industrial complex? No, like uh, that. That that vegan cuisine in general has like yeah. approximated the best of non-vegan mm. items. Yeah. Oh, good question. I mean, they're doing a good job. I think the the uh, the, the most immediate success in terms of that, like a mock meat would probably be the meats that were already so heavily processed to begin with. So, for example, my daughter really loves these frankfurters. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, I hated hot dogs growing up as a kid. I just never liked that that taste. It was too, like, salty and strange. Uh, but these hot dogs are definitely delicious hot dogs. So, um, and like nuggets, you know, things yeah. like that were already – mechanically uh derived i think it's easy for vegetarian or vegan companies to mimic that because it was a fake food already <laughs> fair enough yeah you it's know. kind of like well it was already a congealed paste what's exactly. it's just a congealed paste with a slightly different base ingredient yeah it's like chickpeas totally. instead of this yeah exactly and like the the butter and stuff that you get you know it's it's so close that all the not all the dairy, because cheese is still, uh, I think, development. It's in a, it's in the development stage still. Uh, they have some good ones, but it's just not the same yet. And I think it will be. But that butter that is made from olive oil, it really you put it on toast. I, I think most people would be hard pressed to not to to be able to distinguish one from the other. You know? Yeah. Is that for for you as like just somebody eating that stuff? Is that not that it is. Is that like the go for it is to approximate the taste or is it more of if it's just good on its own terms, that's good enough yeah. for me type stuff? I think just, yeah, I think just being delicious uh, in its in itself already how it is is enough because I don't know. I, I've never eaten like that. I'm not, I'm not chasing any. Well, I do miss like certain things. Like if I can find some good fried chicken yeah. alternative, you know, there are things from – my childhood that will always live on my taste buds. Um, and there's actually the writer, um, he wrote eating animals and I forget his name right now. I think it's, Oh, Jonathan Safran Foer. And, okay. uh, yeah, he, he also write, I think he wrote the life of pie too, which is that's very a big, different, but that's a big book <laughs> yeah. and dramatically different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but he himself is vegan, and and um, it, the book starts, and he's trying to like describe what he's doing with his young son at the time to sort of distance 
himself and his son from the tradition of eating meat because I remember he characterizes like eating his grandmother's chicken and dumplings, I think it was. And he's like, it's not just chicken and dumplings. It's like, it's my grandmother. It's, it's her. It's the way she cooked it. It's the way she cut the things in her hand and put them in the bowl or Mm. put them in the pot. And, um, those are traditions that are created, you know, it was handed down to his grandmother and then she's handing it down to him or whatever, but it's not just history. It's not just food. It's history. Yeah. It's also nostalgia. There, there are, there's a massive like layered psychological component to that. Definitely. The comfort of food is not coming from, you know, a lot of times not from the food itself. It's like everything behind it. And so I, I kind of just try to do that. I mean, I love cooking. It's one of my favorite things because I worked in a kitchen in Maryland for a long time. And um, so I got a good baseline sense of how it works. Mm -hmm. And now it's cool because I can just sort of improvise. I can look in the fridge and see that we have cauliflower. I'll make some rice. We can do this. Maybe we have, like you're saying, some mock chicken or something that'll add uh, some dense protein to it. And then I can just sort of whip something up um, and maybe starting now, sell it at the farmer's market <laughs> or, <laughs> or vegan <laughs> playground. That's what, when you visit and you come to eat at the vegan playground, I'm going to be uh, selling you some <laughs> Greek uh, mishmash. You're like, whatever keeps me from thinking about zero views and the perspective implications of that. Sure. It's going to be vegan salsa all day. Come on down. Get that. Yeah. Whenever it does exactly. that. But that is nice. And when we'll wrap it up in one second. But sure. that is something nice that in the scheme of things and all of this, uh, you know, kind of having to figure out, not that you didn't know this, but like get a, a better sense of like the line of demarcation between George Basil and George Basil, the actor, and mm-hmm. what that means. Because I can imagine you really caught up in the rat race of the nine to five of auditioning and this, you know, the pressing the flesh as it were of what it is to be a working very, you know, you're in a lot of stuff actor mm-hmm. and, and having to be without that in a way that isn't just by choice. That's a whole other, yeah. al- that's a whole other dynamic. Yeah, it is. I, it's, it's the other thing that I, I talk about in therapy so much, yeah. which is, uh, it's an interesting profession and, it's not one that I get along with all the time. And it is one that, that shines a light on your ego and it shines a light on how um, delicate it can be or, or how sensitive uh, things can be. And, you know, when I find out what actor got a role that I went in for that I felt confidently about, um, about getting that is it's a whole new thing it's a whole new you know i can go from one emotional sweep of like god damn it i'm really disappointed i didn't get that into another one of like god damn it that guy is xyz you know i can i can make up any number of things so it's it's now finally settling into this point where it's like oh i like that guy i've met him or i haven't um and it's like the positivity of you know i really thought i was going to get that and i felt i felt confident that i would but i had fun putting that tape together or i had a good lunch <laughs> that yeah. day or or something but it's it's definitely the the putting the focus on on the good things and and not falling into things that it just will naturally make us feel bad about ourselves, you know? Because it's, it's so, <laughs> sometimes to your point, like it takes even more work to carve out that good. And Definitely. it can be so much easier just to be like, fuck it all. This sucks, oh. you know? And it's like knowing how much it's worth it to have that context now, you know, with therapy to know, uh-huh. to know that the good, that, that you're, you're not a, like a barren diamond mine. There is one in there. You just have <laughs> yeah. to dig a little harder. <laughs> yeah. To get there yeah. and realizing it's worth it to, in this analogy, have the diamond. 
So, Definitely. I think go. my next tattoo, I'm going to get a huge chest tattoo of just a barren diamond mine. <laughs> hey, you know, coming down to uh, Arkansas, we're the only place outside of North, Northern Africa with diamonds. So hey, come, damn, come get one. Make the metaphor real. Yeah, Dude, I, I thank totally, you for doing this. I, we need to go. Of course. What all, I, I'm um, going to say, I totally agree with you, though, real fast. Yes. That it is always easier for us to slip into negative thought than it, it is, really to, is. Uh, for us to like really like strong arm ourselves into positive stuff and 100%. so you're right on point with that and uh yeah i want to keep trying and i hope you do and i hope everybody does i do too i completely agree and i'm glad you're yeah. you've gotten there because it's it's so worth it as much work as it, it really requires so definitely easier said yeah. than done but yeah um what all real <laughs> fast do you want to point people sure. toward if anything before we wrap it up Oh, um, let's see. Yeah, you know what? Allison Rich just released um, the short that she made. She wrote it. She directed it. She starred in it. She's phenomenal. Oh, it's uh, out there now. Okay, I need to watch Yeah, it. she's an incredible talent, and I'm uh, like honored to be in it and even more stoked to be her friend. But I think she just released it on YouTube on something called Omelette. Is maybe, okay. Yeah, I've seen yeah, some things something. on that. They, they do a lot of really great shorts on there. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And um, that's really lovely. And I think that's it. I can't remember anything else other than Werewolves Within. Werewolves Within. <laughs> there's funny stuff. And I'll, I'll put links and stuff uh, with the episode. Awesome. So thank you for doing this. I know hard out. We're going to do that now. Thank you all for listening. Please stay safe. Please take care. Please lead with empathy if you can. And uh, yeah, it's okay to not be okay and be kind to yourself. Okay. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.